This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime ship. What up, girl? Oh, I'm just like trying to figure out how it was like 112 degrees outside yesterday and it feels like 70 today. Oh, does it? Because it's still 112 here. Oh my gosh, it's so nice today. Like a cold front came in and it rained. And so like, it's actually really cool. I I enjoyed a cup of coffee and read some of my book outside this morning. Nice, (laughs) nice. Like I was sitting on the porch reading and drinking my coffee and it was so nice. Yeah, it's still 112 degrees and still has not rained in months. Sorry for your drought. (laughs) It's it's so freaking hot here and this drought is stupid. It's so freaking hot here that the chickens are laying hard-boiled eggs. So (laughs) you don't even have chickens. (laughs) No, but that was my dad joke. I didn't do one last week. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So I found when I was finding the pictures to post on Instagram for the last episode, I found mm-hmm. an article with an update on that Crystal Searles that was like crazy that I didn't see when I was researching. So oh. apparently back in, so the article was from April of 2021. Okay. Okay. Apparently in 2016, this guy named Alvin Willie George started cyber stalking her and her sisters and like was sending them images uh, images of the crime scene that crystal had like lived through yeah it was freaking awful so he ended up getting like sentenced to like only four years in jail but like he did that for like a long time was just like cyber stalking them and sending them all these awful images why would you isn't that that? crazy i saw that and i was like what the fuck because she hasn't been through enough already yeah that's freaking stupid right so we did a case a couple months ago about what they based the movie Scream off of. Right, right. Well, I'm going to do like a copycat case. So it's about two guys that like copied the movie. Oh. Well, in a way. So, so it's Scream 2? No. Isn't that <laughs> Scream no. 2 was like somebody copied? Uh, no. no. I mean, like they... <laughs> They copied like the way that I'll get it. I'll get into it. You'll get it. Danny Rollins. It was bugging me. I couldn't remember his name. Danny Rollins was the who (laughs) inspired the first scream. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I had to look it up real quick because I was like, I can't remember his name, but I know I did it. Yeah. That inspired the movie, which the movie came out. And when the movie came out, it It inspired these killers. Yeah. They're dumb. (laughs) They dumb, dumb. Okay. Got it. Cool. So. This case is over Cassie Jo Stodert. So if you don't know who that is, she um, unfortunately was the victim to two very crazed teenagers. So this case is going to give you like all the many make sure your doors and windows are locked up feelings. Oh gosh, okay. 
So we'll just start with um, like Cassie's early life. Cassie was born on December 21st, 1989 in Idaho. And she had two siblings, Christy, who was six years older than her. And she also had a little brother named Andrew, who was 18 months younger than her. And they had a really close knit relationship. I mean, they were all open. They all got along because she was so close in age with Andrew. Those two were actually extremely close. They hung out all the time. And Andrew actually like, he described her as headstrong. And he even said that she was really like a role model because that she was like such a loving and easygoing girl, it was really easy for her to make friends. Anyone that described her at school would describe her as bubbly. She was also kind of popular. And when she wasn't hanging out with friends or family, she would spend hours a week in a room drawing. She was such an artist. In fact, after the, the murder, her mother kept some of the drawings and stuff that she did. And like had them framed and had them mm. hung up in her house. It's really sad, but yeah. Um, so it's really unfortunate that she couldn't bring like the world so much more when it came to her art. And she had planned to go to college. She never really talked about what she'd planned to like major in, but her brother believes it would have been some kind of art. Yeah. So now I want to kind of get into just a small snippet of like what the killer's background is. So there are two. Okay. And their names are Brian Billy and, and Stu. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. Their names are Brian Draper and Tori Adamchick. Okay. So Brian was born on March 21st, 1990. You know who else was born on that day? <laughs> my husband. There you go. I was like, <laughs> not you. You're the 25th. <laughs> no, my husband. Yeah, okay. no, me and my husband are only four days apart. <laughs> <laughs> You're like who else you know who else was born and I was like not not you no, no <laughs> so he had a small stutter which actually led him to being bullied hmm. but even though this was like the case he still did make friends so it's not like he was like bullied beyond where he had zero friends and had nobody right he actually had several friends and Tori was born on June 14th 1990 and he wasn't from Pocatello, which is where they like all lived, Cassie and everybody lived. Um, he actually moved there. And then when he moved there, him and Brian met and those two became best friends. Okay. In fact, they were inseparable. They both loved filmmaking and started recording everything they possibly could. Day-to-day -day activities, when they were at home, hoping that this practice would come in handy someday for their future goals. Remember when we recorded Snow White? Oh my God. <laughs> How could I always have to be the villain? I was, the, <laughs> I was the wicked, like the mean wicked witch and like the stepmother too. You remember that? Yeah, it was, uh, that was funny. I was Snow White, so. <laughs> only that because was... you had brown hair. That's, that's the only reason. <laughs> yes, that was when we were like young, young and. Michael was practicing to be a director, a movie director. <laughs> I remember all about that. Uh, Sorry, back to the case. <laughs> anyways, they were filming everything. So during the summer before the murder took place, the two became obsessed with the Scream franchise. Um, so they both decided, which, when did the 
first screen movie come out? I want to say, I'm going to look it up, but I want to say in 93. That could I was be going to say, wrong. so they're teenagers at this point, you know, and they're looking back at the old movies that came out like when they were young young 96 they came out 96 so they okay. were six when it came out six when it came out and they're like 15 or 16 now I think so yeah they're obsessed with the screen franchise okay and they decided that they were going to pick the popular girl that drew people to her because of her kindness and personality to kill so the boys skipped fourth period and recorded um, basically admitting that they were going to murder Cassie on camera. Okay, just like an evil villain in a movie. Literally. Just gonna, like spell out their whole plan on. They film. did. Cool. They actually did. So they used this to create a list of people that they like planned to kill. And Cassie was just going to be their first stop. Super casual. In August 2006, Corey called Joe Lasuro. Joe was 18 years old and so he was technically an adult right and they asked him if he could purchase some knives for them okay because it's illegal for them to because they're children Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he met up with Brian and the two boys like went and withdrew $45 from their bank and then they met up with Joe they all went into this pawn shop and Joe purchased four knives for them He never asked why, he never questioned why he had to buy four knives for them, but he bought them. So Tori took one and Brian took the other three. All right. So now we're going to get into where it kind of starts like laying out their plan. So the video starts on September 21st. Brian and Tori are both in Tori's vehicle and you can hear them like discussing previous houses that they had visited when their potential victims weren't at home. Okay. So, so they're talking about when these people aren't going to be home? Yeah. So he's like, they're both like driving around, pointing out houses and saying, oh yeah, we should kill this person. Oh, oh yeah, we should kill this person. So then they start talking about Cassie and her boyfriend, Matt. So they talk about how they should lure Matt out and kill him first and then scare Cassie and end her life. So like Drew Barrymore in the beginning of the first screen movie? Literally. Okay, cool. Literally. So that's exactly what I was about to say in my next sentence. So they like took the very first plot line of the screen movie. Right. And and put it out there. Wasn't her name Casey? What was her name? I'm looking it up. Sorry. Who did Drew Barrymore play? She played. Yeah. Casey Becker. Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. yeah, Drew Barrymore's character name was Casey and they're going to kill this girl named Cassie and her boyfriend yeah. just like the beginning. That's crazy. Yeah, it's freaking weird, but this is what they started talking about. So these two kids like describe their plan as fun. Sure. And in fact, they even said that they were going to be like more prolific than Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh, calm down, kiddos. Like what? They they literally like wanted to be famous this is what they wanted to be known for that's disgusting so I so I do want to read um there's a lot of them I I put a lot in this in this case of the transcripts from the videotapes that they recorded it was released you know after their trial because they do go to trial right 
And so I'm going to read some of these. So I'm just going to, um, I'll say their name and then I'll say what they're saying. Okay. So Brian, we're going for a high death count. Tori, we're not going not to get caught, Brian. If we're going for guns, we're going to end it. We're just going to grab the guns and get out of there and kill everybody and leave. I'm, I'm sorry, time. So they're going to break into these kids' houses for guns? Yeah. That's their plan? I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> Brian, we're going to make history. We're going to make history. Okay, because I heard so much about you before this I, actual right? moment. <laughs> Tori, for all the FBI agents watching this, oh. uh, you weren't quick enough. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Brian, you weren't quick enough and you weren't smart enough. <laughs> and I am going to say it like that. <laughs> because of the stutter. He stutters. And we're going over to Jane Doe's house. Like they didn't give a name in the transcript. So I don't just, know. Who. Like redacted the name. Right. So that's why I'm saying, I just wanted to put that out there. So that's why I'm saying Jane Doe. Um, so they're like, and we're going over to Jane Doe's house. We, we were going to snoop around over there and try to see if she's home alone or not. And if she's not, and if she's home alone, splat, she's dead. Oh my God. Tori, don't put your humor into this, Brian. Was that humor? Brian. <laughs> Uh, I'm not putting any humor into it. Yep, people will die and memories will fade. Tori, memories will fade. Hmm. I wonder what movie you got that from, Brian. Brian, myself. And then they're laughing. And then Brian says, that was from myself. Tori, no wonder it was so lame. Brian, okay, we're on our way and I'm going to... I'll let you stay tuned. We're almost there. So they're still sitting in the car and the, like the camera lights on. And um, so this is where it continues. Brian says, we're at Jane Doe's house. It's clear out there in the pasture. We've already snooped around her house a couple times. Uh, and she, she's not at home. So we're going to go to that church over there and we're going to call a girl and a guy named Cassie and Matt. There are our friends, but we have to make sacrifices. So um, I feel tonight, I, 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 it's, it's the night and I feel really weird and stuff. I feel like I want to kill somebody. Uh, I know it's not normal, but what the hell? No, not what the hell. What? Tori says, I feel we need to break away from normal life. Brian says, how bright is that light? And he turns the camera light directly onto Tori okay and Tori says because let's put it this way parents along with their parents along with their parents and so on taught them about God Jesus the whole bullshit and at this point Brian's laughing and Tori says I'm sure you guys believe in God as well I realized when I was in the seventh grade along you don't believe in Santa Claus or werewolves or vampires they're used to teach their kids back in the 1800s. I learned this as English class and telling their kids that they can go outside or a vampire will get you just to make their kids stay and do what they want to do. God is basically, and then Brian cuts him off and said, that's what God's for, right? I'm so confused by their whole conversation. Uh, Their whole (laughs) conversation is so weird. (laughs) 
And then Tori says the same way. And Brian says, yes. Tori says, trying to get people to do good or else so-called air quoting is what he's doing. He says, you go to hell. Okay. So he's like trying to get people to do good or else you go to hell. Right. And Brian then says, we're obviously going to hell if it's real, but who gives a shit? Tori says, and why would you say it's real? But it's not real. It's not real because it's so blatantly obvious that it's not real. And then they're laughing at this point. And Tori says, people believe it because their parents teach them. And so it's so hard for them to let go of it because they've been taught their whole life. But fucking, and then Brian says, what? Tori says, the point I'm making is we are all also taught that things like killing people and other things is wrong. The only that it's wrong about is because it's breaking the law. And the law is only wrong. And then Brian cuts him off and says, natural selection, dude, natural selection. That's all I got to say. What Do you know what natural selection means? <laughs> right? Do you, do you know what that means? It doesn't mean some douchebag teenagers decide, oh, I want to kill somebody. Exactly. <laughs> and so Tori then says, there should be no law against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but you restrict someone from doing it. They're just going to want it more. Brian says, exactly. Goodbye, camera. And they shut it off for a little <laughs> Goodbye, <while>. camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So, so nobody, no parents, no peers, nobody noticed that they were fucking not right and somebody should take them to counseling or something? So... They seem like normal teenage boys at home. Like they hung out, they got along with their parents. They weren't like mischievous kids at home. That's what's so crazy about this whole case because they literally in secret were just so obsessed with this like movie plot and becoming filmmakers and becoming famous. And and but honestly, you can't you can't really say the more that I'll read into these transcripts, because there's a lot more. Um, you can't really say that like. Tori pushed Brian into it or Brian pushed Tori into it because they both were like in so much agreement together that it's almost like they were just that fucked up together right but like at school nobody thought it was weird nobody thought they were like like standoffish from other people and just like so they got along with other kids just fine. Like, like just I said, Brian got, weird. got bullied for his stutter and stuff, but like, they always had a camera even at school. So they would come to school and I'll get to that in some of this too, but even at school, they bring their camera to school and start filming because they were like making movies or whatever. Right. And I don't know if that was just a weird thing back then for him, because, you know, this is 2006, early 2000s. There was a lot of crazy fads and stuff that people liked but I I mean I don't know mm. I'll tell you if, when I was in high school I was in high school in 2006 and if somebody came up to me with a video camera in my face all the time I'd probably be pissy like, yeah I, want <laughs> I would not want that at all no I mean I feel like that would be a little standoffish yeah but I feel like if I saw like I was in high school I graduated in 04 so I feel like if there had been somebody that we saw all the time that had a video camera that would seem off to me. Like that wasn't something that I remember being a normal thing. <laughs> I don't know. Right. 
so it's just these boys were something oh yeah (laughs) so same day september 21st 2006 it's 8 15 at night and both tori and brian are in the car tori's driving brian's in the passenger seat and he's filming so here's what the transcripts say for this brian home my friend's too pussy to go investigate turn here he said wait i missed the beginning of the sentence he said what he said home home like he turned it on and he's like home like guiding him to go home and he says my friend's too pussy to go investigate turn here okay tori says too smart brian why aren't you turning there dude tori because it's faster this way brian now we're gonna go over to to cassie and matt's if they're home alone we're gonna tori cuts him off and says it's cassie's house matt is there Brian, Matt is there. Sorry. We're going to, we're going to go, going to knock on the door. He's stuttering. Sorry. I was like, these are so hard to follow. (laughs) They are, but he's stuttering. We'll see who is there. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, see if the parents are home or not. If they're home alone, we'll leave our way and then we'll come back in about 10 minutes. We'll sneak in through the door because chances are they're probably in Cassie's room. So, 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 so we'll sneak in the front door. We'll make a noise outside. Tori and Matt will come out to investigate. Brian, we'll kill him and we'll scare the shit out of Cassie, okay? Tori, sounds like fun. Brian, well, stay tuned. And they shut the camera off. Goodbye, camera. Goodbye, camera. So that was at... 815. Okay. So they shut the camera, shut the camera. They turned the camera back on and they shut the camera on. Yeah. (laughs) And at 836, I was about to say they shut the camera on. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. They turned the camera on. (laughs) Um, and at 836, Tori and Brian are in the car and they're driving and, uh, Brian is filming again in the passenger seat. And he says, we found our victim and sad as it may be she's our friend but you know what we all have to make sacrifices our first victim is going to be why are we making the sacrifice we don't have to make the sacrifice we don't have to make sacrifices but he says we all have to make sacrifices our first victim is going to be cassie stoddart and her friends tori god turn your brights off asshole as he's like passing a car (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's okay to murder somebody but don't drive with your brights on yeah Okay. <laughs> Brian, we'll let you. And then he laughs and he, has, he says, we'll find out if she has friends over, if she's going to be alone in a dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I mean, like, holy shit, dude. And this is, I'm just going to say right now to everybody listening. Oh God. This is some of the stuff that these guys say. It's disturbing. So Tori then says, I'm horny just thinking about it. Oh, no. Brian says, hell yeah. So we're going to fucking kill her and her friends. And we're going to keep moving on. I heard some news about Jane Doe too. Doesn't give the second name, you know. She's going to be home alone from six to seven. So we might kill her and drive over to Cassie's thing and scare the shit out of them and kill them one by fucking one. Hell yeah. Tori, why one by one? Why can't it be a slaughterhouse? Brian. 
two by two and three by three because we got to keep it classy i'm sorry do they think there's like a fucking party that they're just going to break in and kill everybody and nobody's going to stop them is that what is that what they think clearly we're going to kill them one by one or you know three by three you know whatever everybody's just going to stand around and let us murder them uh right like they're not gonna beat the fuck out of them i would okay. beat the fuck out of them i mean Sorry. from the sound of these people i feel like they look like some scrawny gangly nerdy types well they do okay <laughs> And I don't think they're going to three by three murder everybody in a house party. No, they no, they won't. Okay. <laughs> no, they won't. So Tori said, keep it classy. Brian said, so yeah, it's going to be extra fun. Tori, you're evil. And then he laughs. Okay. Brian, yes, I am. So are you, dude. Evil, evil. Tori, no, evil is an expression of God. That was another test you failed. Oh my, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so they're sitting there and they're like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, like twiddling their fingers, talking about being evil. And then dude's like, you failed. I just tested you and you failed. Yeah. Okay, they're so cool. I know. Brian's like, evil's not an expression of God. Tori, yes, it is. Brian, that is bullshit and you know it. Tori, evil of origin is a follower of fucking Satan. Brian, there is no Satan. Tori, is Satan real? Then shut up. Brian, then how are we supposed to express ourselves? Tori, good and bad. Brian, we're we're bad. Tori, we are bad. Brian, that sounds so shitty. Tori, we're evil. That sounds even shittier. Brian, hey, we're not, okay? Then we are six psychopaths who get their pleasure off killing other people. Tori, that sounds good, baby. Oh my God. Brian, we're going to go down in history. We're going to be just like scream ex except real life terms. Tori, that sounds good, baby. What the fuck is happening? Brian, we're going to be murderers like, let's see, Ted Bundy, like the Hillside Strangler. Tori, no. Brian, the Zodiac Killer? Tori, those people were more amateurs compared to what we're going to be. Stop we're going to be more of higher sources of Ed. And then Brian cuts him off and says, Gein? Tori, Gein. Um, sorry. Brian. You had to get an 18-year-old to buy your knives for you, but you're going to be more of a right. murderer, a bigger name than Ted Bundy and the Zodiac Killer, the Hillside Strangler. Shut the fuck up. Thank you. Wow. Okay. I thought the same exact thing. I was just like, you couldn't even get your own murder weapon, but okay. <laughs> um, Brian then laughs and he says, well, let's say we're that sick and that twisted. Tori, oh, you know what Ed Gein's words were? Brian, what? Tori, he saw a girl walking down the street, right? Brian, yeah. Tori, two questions came to his head. Hmm, I could take her out and have a nice time with her and then kill her, skin her alive? And Tori said, charm the pants off her, or I wonder what her head would look like on a stick. So does he know that that's Ed Kemper, not Ed Gein? He's confusing the Eds, but okay. Thank you. I, I actually wrote right after that portion <laughs> of the of the transcript the same thing yeah, um, yeah. Not, not exactly what you said but I was like um I think I put I think he's got his ed murderers confused he's got his eds confused as that was Kemper it was 
And then um, Brian laughs and says, holy shit. Tori says, it's creepy, huh? Brian says, kick ass. And then they're both laughing. And Brian says, murder is power. Murder is freedom. Goodbye. And then they click the... Goodbye camera. Okay. So um, on Friday, September 22nd, the two boys walked into school filming like usual. So they walk up to Cassie at her locker and they start like small talk, telling her hi, say hi to the camera. But she looks unenthused, of That's course, because freaking gross, by the way, they're planning on murdering her and they're like telling uh, her to say hi to the camera. I'm telling That's you this disgusting. whole case just is disgusting and disturbing because who does that? Like you, you pick this girl out, you pick her boyfriend out, you pick all these other potential victims out. And then you're just like filming like any other day and you just walk up to him. You're like, Hey, say hi to the camera. And then mm-hmm. in like, right after you're like, Oh, we're going to kill you. You know? Right. It's, it's fucked up is what it is. So she looks super unenthused. And of course she waves cause she's super nice. And she's kind of one of those looks like, Oh, come on guys, get the camera out of my face. And then the footage ends. And then it starts back up when they decide to skip fourth period again. So this time they're, or they're outside at a table and they're writing out a, a kill list of oh. victims. And you so even they're see, leaving video trail and paper trail of yeah, their plan to murder people. So dumb. Okay. So dumb. These guys are literally scum and they are dumb. Okay. Like I thought BTK was dumb. This guy's dumb. They are scum. Like they, they are, are dumb, dumb. <laughs> and you even see like a teacher watching them. And so they start talking, but they're like in whisper. Okay. So apparently in the video, they like slip up and they say that they failed either nine times already um, or eight or nine times, sorry, already like on their mission, meaning that they have gone to many houses already and had planned to murder a classmate, but didn't go through with it. Okay. So I want to read a portion of like the transcript from when they see Cassie and then when they skip fourth period. Okay. So September 22nd, 2006, at 8.28 in the morning, Brian's walking down the school hallway and he's talking to someone who like appears to be walking with him. Don't know who it is. It's not Tori. Okay. And then he walks by the locker where Cassie is and he says, hey, look, it's Cassie. Hello, Cassie. And Cassie says, hello. Brian laughs and he's like, I'm getting you on tape. So say hi, come on. And he's like, putting she it just in front did. Of <laughs> she just said hello. Like, she's like, hi, you know. So then he cuts it off. And then at 1210 in the afternoon, this is where they're sitting at the table with the, the camera facing them. Mm-hmm. Brian, all right, cool. Tori looking down and writing in a notebook. I was planning to kill him. Brian, September 22nd, 2006. We're skipping our fourth hour class and we're writing our plan right now for tonight. It's going to be cool. At the top Tori. of it in big letters is say murder plan. <laughs> like, Sorry, I'm not laughing at the, it's just stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. So Tori then says, we, Tori and Brian writing, we're making our death list right now for when we, for when, for actually tonight. Oh, and then Brian, Brian starts whispering and he looks over and he says, she's watching us. And then Tori and them just keep going back and forth, like looking over and Brian says, she's still watching us. And so they start mumbling, but you can't hear what they're mumbling on the tape. Mm-hmm. Brian louder says, number two is what? 
and then there's a long gap where both Brian and Tori are both like concerned this teacher is going to see them. And so they keep whispering back and forth and trying to make themselves like a little less visible. Okay. And then Tori's writing again and he says, then, and he's pointing. And Brian says, yeah, if you're watching this, we're probably deceased. Brian says, hopefully this will go smoothly and we can get our first kill done and then keep going. Tori says, for you future serial killers watching this tape. And they start laughing. Oh my God. I know. Tori says, I don't know what to say. Brian says, it, it's Tori. Good luck with that. Brian, good luck. Tori, hopefully you don't have like eight or nine failures like we have. Brian, yeah, we've probably tried many, maybe 10 times, but they've never been home alone. So Tori, or when they have their parents show up. Also, that's not that's not you tried to kill them you failed you tried and you failed that's you drove past their house random people's houses right you you drove past their house and saw that their parents car was there and so you kept driving yes so calm down calm down right so brian then says as long as you're patient you know and we were patient and now we're getting paid off because our victim's home alone so we got our our plan all worked out now i'm sorry i'm sorry cassie's family but she had to be the one. We have to stick with the plan and she's perfect. So she's going to die. And then they both laugh and shut the camera off. They never explain why she's perfect, why she has to be the one. So this is where I'm going to go into that. Okay. So on September 22nd, Cassie just left her house to go house sit for her aunt and uncle, Allison and Frank for the weekend. Okay. So Cassie was in charge of taking care of their three cats and their two dogs. And so she had the place to herself, which is the most opportune time. Remember, Cassie and Matt are friends with Brian and Tori and other people. Like Cassie tried to befriend everybody. Well, Cassie, um, she invited her boyfriend, Matt Beckham, to join her. Because what teenager doesn't think to call boyfriend or girlfriend when they're home all by yourself? They plan on watching a few movies. So he came by at about six that evening. His mom actually dropped him off. And because both Cassie and Matt were friends with Brian, they invited Brian over. And of course, Brian invited Tori over. Okay. So I was like, how did they know that she was over here house sitting? But that's why. Brian and Tori both arrived at around seven o'clock that evening. And Cassie, being a great host, gave them a tour of the home. This tour included the basement. So Brian found this to be an opportune time to make sure that the basement door was unlocked so that they could come back later on. Okay. So Cassie, Matt, Brian, and Tori then sat down to watch Kill Bill Volume 2. But right before the movie ended, Brian said him and Tori needed to leave. They said that they wanted to go watch a movie at the theater and it was going to start soon. Oh, okay. So, right? It's really weird. That, but, um, that's, you wouldn't have mentioned that beforehand. Right. Like, you so, showed up at seven, started a movie at who knows what time. Pretty sure Kill Bills are pretty long. They are long. And so then right it before even, it ends, you're just like, oh, right. I forgot we have to go now. We're supposed to watch this other movie. So they were like, okay, well, we're going to go. And so they said bye and they left before 10 o'clock that evening, which also... Why are you going to go watch a movie at 10 o'clock at night? 
I don't know. I guess I can see that, but if you're teenagers and it's, you have a curfew, then what parent allows you to do that too? I don't know. And when I was a teenager, I still wasn't trying to go start watching a movie after 10 at night. I was already an old soul and ready for your bed or in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So both Brian and Tori, they parked down the street out of sight and they changed their clothes into dark clothing, gloves, and masks. They then took their knives that they had purchased a few weeks prior and they recorded every move they made. After the quick change, they entered into the home through the unlocked basement door and Cassie and her boyfriend were still upstairs watching TV. So the two quietly made it inside, but after waiting a couple minutes, they started making like loud noises, knocking things down, things like that to try to lure Cassie and Matt down the stairs. Mm -hmm. They were so invested in scaring these two first, but Cassie and Matt ignored the noises. They didn't think it was anything that they needed to go investigate. So they just stayed upstairs. I'm sorry. They were knocking shit down downstairs and they're like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I would have been like, this house is haunted. <laughs> I'd be like, they were probably like, I'm not fucking going down there. <laughs> yeah. Just lock the door in here. They probably won't find us. <laughs> Basically. Well, since it wasn't working quick enough, the two boys flipped the breaker, making it dark, which would also freak me out. Right. Yeah. And Cassie and Matt still didn't go down the stairs. I also still would not go down. Now I'm even more freaked out. Now I'm really not going down there. <laughs> I know. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I sure as hell won't get down to the basement. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so uh, then they decided, okay, we'll, we'll uh, turn a few lights back on. Not all of them, though, because they're still not coming down. And Matt could see that Cassie was, like, feeling super nervous about the power outage. And one of the dogs was actually staring down the basement steps and growling, which of course they were like, you're not going down there. Yeah. So Matt called his mom and and was like, hey, can I stay the night with Cassie over here? There's a lot of weird things happening. Uh, She she doesn't feel very safe and, you know, she can't, uh, she's house sitting. So um, I think it'll make her feel better. And of course his mother was like, no because okay thank you (laughs) thank you I would have been like okay if she's freaked out and there's weird stuff she can come sleep on our couch tonight and then you can take her back in the morning okay good good that's exactly what his mother said so his mother was like no you're teenagers you should not be staying home alone but you you can tell Cassie she's so welcome to you know come over here and stay with the whole family if she feels uncomfortable And Cassie said thank you to them, but she declined because she felt very responsible to be there because she's supposed to be pet watching. Right. And um, so at 1030, Matt's mom was there to pick him up just like she had planned to be. Mm -hmm. He was there from six to 1030. And she's like, she also told her, she's like, you're still more than welcome to come here. And she's like, no, it's okay. I think everything's fine. Nothing weird's happened for a little bit. And she's like, okay, well, just we're a phone call away. You can call us. So um, they left and Matt immediately called Tori to see where him and Brian were at. Mm-hmm. He was going to see if they could like hang out. You know, it's 1030. He doesn't technically have to be home yet, but uh, maybe they could come hang out at his house. Right. Tori actually answers his call. From like the basement inside Cassie's? From the basement. Oh my God. So he was whispering because he's inside Cassie's aunt and uncle's house. <laughs> Fuck. 
And because his voice was so like low and quiet, Matt couldn't hear him. And so he was like, uh, you guys must still be at the theater. All mm. right, well, I'll just call it a night then. And he lets them go. That's awful. So they hung up the phone and they began shutting off all the power again in the house. So at this point, Cassie's scared shitless, right? Yeah. She's like, okay, the power went out, TV's out, can't do anything. The, the animals seem okay. I'm just going to go ahead and lay down on the couch and see if maybe I can get some sleep. She didn't want to go down the stairs. So, um, the basement stairs. Yeah. Yeah. So the boys decided since she wasn't going down, they're going to make their way up. So Cassie was laying on the couch in the living room, super uneasy because of power and she couldn't sleep, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the two boys got all the way up the basement steps and slammed the door behind them, making their presence known. Now they're dressed in all black and masks. So she doesn't know who it is. Right. And this is like where the awful nightmare begins for her because Cassie literally sees them. She sees them coming. She's obviously so scared and they did everything to terrify her first. Right. They were dressed dark and then they brutally attacked her with two hunting knives, stabbing her 30 times. 30 times. Oh my God. 30 times. So they didn't record the killing itself, but they recorded all of their process before the night and then even after leaving the home. Oh my so God. After they left, they recorded their experience and they admitted on film to killing Cassie. They said, just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. So I want to read the transcript for this part too. Do, do you? <laughs> I do. Okay. Brian, we're here in his car this time. This is, and I'm reading it before they go in and after, just so you know. Okay. So this is before. Yeah. We're in his car. The time is 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. Unfortunately, we have the grueling task of killing our two friends. And they're right in, in that house just down the street. Tori, we just talked to them. We were there for an hour. But Brian, we checked out the whole house. We know there's lots of doors. There's, there's lots of places to hide. Um, I unlocked the back doors. It's all unlocked. Now we just go and wait. And um, yep, we're, we're really nervous right now. But you know, we're ready. Tori, we're listening to the greatest rock band ever. Oh, God. It's going to be something stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> no. Brian, we've waited for this for, so, for a long time. Tori, Pink Floyd, before we commit the ultimate crime of murder. The ultimate crime of murder. Shut the fuck up. What are you? What are you? I thought Tori. you were going to say that it was going to be like um, like the Dave Matthews band or some bullshit. A like long that. time, No. <laughs> The greatest Tori. rock band ever. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> greatest rock band ever. Creed <laughs> with higher playing in the background. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm God. not laughing at that. I'm just no. like, it's fucking so stupid. stupid. They're so fucking stupid. Brian, we've waited for this for a long time. Tori, a long time. Brian, we will stay tuned. And this is after it happened. Okay. September 22nd, 2006, 11:31 p.m. They're back in their car driving. Brian just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. Tori, I'm shaking. Brian, I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body. It just disappeared. Dude, I just killed Cassie. 
Tori. Oh my God. Brian. Oh, oh fuck. That felt like it wasn't even real. I mean, it went by so fast. Tori, shut the fuck up. We got to get our act straight. Tori, it's okay. Okay. We will just buy movie tickets now. Tori. Okay. No. You'll so you'll buy movie yeah. tickets after you murdered her, even though you said you were going to the movies way before that with a witness right. there that's alive. So not only did they admit to it literally on tape, but Brian also said, let's go buy movie tickets so that they have an alibi. Like this is their alibi, except their alibi is well over an hour late. <sighs> now, Tori was such a dickhead that after killing Cassie, he spent the day with Matt, her boyfriend, and acted what? like nothing happened. Like when Matt, did Matt already know that she was dead? No. Oh my God. So he even said if he planned to stay the night with him, then he was going to kill him too. It was two days after Cassie was killed. Nobody had heard from her. Her aunt and uncle and 13 year old child. So Cassie's cousin returned home. And the first to find her was the 13 year old. Oh no, that's awful. I know it is so awful. So she was found in a pool of her own blood with 30 stab wounds. Mm. Police stated or police started with the boyfriend. So right. Like, anyway, um, like they always they, do. They started with the boyfriend because he had been with her. So they interviewed Matt and Matt let them know everything that happened. Right. That he was so distraught. He was upset. He went over at six o'clock, watched TV. Um, his mother dropped him off and they, he even told them how two of their friends came and hung out too and watched a couple movies or was watching a movie and they went to leave to go to the theater, but he left not too long after his mother picked him up and that, I mean, there was an alibi there. His mother was there and it was true. And his mother like literally talked to Cassie when she picked him up to say, literally. you know, you can come with us if you, if you're uncomfortable. Yes. His mother had actually talked, like talked to Cassie, talked to all of it. Yes, you're right checks out so police were like oh well we need to go check out this tori and brian kid right um because they were there too so they could have been the last to see him you know one of the last people to see her too right so they went on to question tori and brian so they went to tori's home on september 24th for the first interview so he would be interviewed a couple more times he told detectives that when him and brian went to cassie's they were expecting a party there. And when there wasn't one and it was just them hanging out, watching movies, they got bored. And so they decided to go watch a movie at the theater instead. You were expecting a party? Okay. Well, that's not what Matt said. Right. Matt's like, no, we literally invited them to come watch a movie. (laughs) Exactly. So here's a list of the items that were recovered. Okay. A book of matches. A melted hydrogen peroxide bottle. I don't, melted? Okay. Yeah, I don't know why, but a pair of black boots, a multicolored mask, a pair of blue gloves, and a pair of fingerless gloves, a Sony videotape, a large dagger knife with a sheath, a black handled serrated folding knife, and DNA actually revealed Cassie's blood on that one. Oh. A silver and black handled knife with Sloan written on the blade with no sheath, which is the missing knife from the other. 
um, a partly burned piece of paper with writing and pencil, a single black glove, a red and white mask, which showed DNA of Tori on the mask, a blue plastic garbage bag, a Calvin Klein black dress shirt that showed DNA of Cassie's blood, a partially burned black long sleeve Hager brand dress shirt, a white sock and a gray sock, and a small piece of black cord. We'll show some, you know, some of the photos of those items on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And one of the photos that we'll show is also like the partially burned piece of paper. There was writing on it. Um, I tried to make out what the transcript stated that it said, but because it's missing a bunch of words, it does say, mention Cassie and kill in the partially burned piece of paper. Probably but their murder plan list thing. I believe, it, I believe that's exactly what it is. Right. You can't, you can't read it all. So Tor Tori was called back for another interview by detectives. Okay. And this time he reiterated a clearer version of his story that he had already told him that was missing some information from before. So he had talked to Brian clearly after. Mm -hmm. he okay. Okay. So he and Brian arrived at the Whispering Cliffs re residence at eight to eight 30. They toured the house before watching a portion of Kill Bill volume two. Then they left right before 10. And from here, they began to break into cars. Throughout their attempted burglaries, Tori tried to make contact with Matt several times. The final time Matt picked up and said his mother was taking him home, which was at 1130. And so the Pair went to Tori's and didn't leave again for the remaining of the night. Never mentioned the movie theater again. Oh, okay. We forgot time about that. <laughs> yeah. The time frame, like all the times that he was, he states in there don't add up. Right. And funny thing is the detectives actually found a witness that saw the two at a local convenience store later than that. And so they tell Tori this they were like oh well we have a, a witness confirming that you were out at this time so you weren't at your house <laughs> so he counters back and he's like well we had to leave for a few minutes because Brian smoked cigarettes and we needed to get some matches okay so then after more questioning Tori admits that they did go to the Black Rock Canyon for a little while so then detectives were like well, that's interesting that you say that, Tori, because we found some evidence at Black Rock Canyon and they showed him the partially burned notebook paper. Mm -hmm. So then he admits, yeah, that's his handwriting. But then he says, I want an attorney. Okay. So Brian was the first arrested because he admits to, you know, conspiracy at that right. point. And then Tori was arrested as well. So investigators did want a fourth interview the following day with Brian because Brian had come clean with so much information that mm -hmm. they needed to understand how Brian really fit into this murder since he blamed it all on Tori. Right. So they questioned him and Brian stated that he lied. He did have to stab Cassie. Oh, he did lie. Okay. Because he had to prove to Tori that he would do it. Oh my God. So he's still putting on Tori, but he's like, Tori said, you need to stab her. You need to stab her. So then he admits that he stabbed her like four times in the leg and chest, but it wasn't enough. So he had to keep going. 
Yeah, no. What? So both Brian and Tori were arrested September 27th of first-degree murder, as well as conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. In which they both did all of that. Right. An autopsy did confirm that she died from what could have been any out of 12 likely fatal stab wounds. Hmm. So Dr. Charles Garrison um, stated at least two knives were used, one non-serrated and the other serrated. So it shows that two people did absolutely stab her. Right. Or at least two knives were absolutely used. Yes. And on April 17th, 2007, Brian was found guilty. And a few weeks later on May 31st, Tory's trial began where he would be found guilty on June 8th, 2007. Okay. They were both sentenced to life without parole on top of another 30 years to life sentences because of conspiracy. And they are both currently at the Idaho, Idaho, Idaho. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Iowa. Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> no, they are both currently at the Idaho State Correctional Institute today, where they both deserve to be. Yeah. Um, I did read. Did you hear that? No. Oh, I heard thunder, like really loud thunder. Is it going to rain? Maybe it's heading your Maybe way. Maybe it's going to rain finally. Praise Jeebus. Anyways, <laughs> they're both currently at the Idaho, Idaho State Correctional Institute today where they both deserve to be. Exactly. So I will say that I did read on there was a lot of trial information that a lot of people can go and look up. It's easy to access. Um, mm-hmm. If I go into all of their trial, we'll have to make a part two. So, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm not going to go into depth about the trial because we know they were guilty. They admitted to it, mm-hmm. but I will say that Tori being the douchebag fucking total dickhead he is did try to um, appeal his yeah, fuck you. Um, sentencing as unfair because yeah, I'm sorry. I know. It's um, unfair because you're trying to pretend that Tori made you do it all, even though there's multiple video footage of you both making this plan well and one of the attempts was because I believe it was Tori I could be wrong but I'll go back and look um Tori is the one that one of the interviews that investigators came to talk to him for his parents weren't available for and he was like I don't need my parents here so he tried to appeal stating that they tried to unlawfully question him right without the question a minor without an adult present whatever so um that he tried it got turned down judge was like no i'm <laughs> sorry you can't be all like it shouldn't be a law that you can't kill people you should be able to kill me if you want to and then be like well i killed somebody and the law screwed up a little bit so i should be able to let go like what but it's not even just that. It's you admitted to it on film that you killed them. Right. There, there's no appealing here, sir. You admitted to it. You conspired to kill her for days. Right. Before you guys actually went through with what you conspired to do. You are guilty. You're guilty and you deserve to rot there. It's okay for the for rest you. of your life. Exactly. It's okay for you to break the law and murder somebody. But then you want to try to use the law to help get you out. Yeah, they're fucktards. I, I can't stand these two. They're awful people. Mm-hmm. And a poor girl's life was was taken far too soon because they were obsessed with a movie franchise. 
That's insane. That's ridiculous. Literally, in the movie, they get caught and they die. (laughs) Right. Like you knew the ending of the movie was going to be the same outcome. You didn't die. You get to go rot in prison because you're an idiot. And I'm sorry, you think you're going to be a bigger name than Bundy or all those other people. But they're not good people. Why would you want that? Right. Those are not like people to look up to. Those are not role models, sir. No, that is not okay. And also you failed because nobody even knows who you are. You're just rotten in jail. (laughs) Anyways, so yes, that is the case of um, Cassie Joe Stodart, who unfortunately was killed because people wanted to mock the movie Scream. Copy, not mock. Mock is like make fun of. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Copy. That's that's stupid. Those guys suck, like so bad. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, that that makes you angry. It does. Follow us on all the stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Follow us on all the stuff. Do all the things. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awkward. Let's, that's that's so it. awkward. <laughs> Let's just be awkward. That was so awkward. Um, yeah. All right. Well, okay. Okay. All right. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. So their video starts on September 21st. Brian and Tori are both in Tori's vehicle. You can hear them discussing like previous houses that they had visited when they're, that was my dog. <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that? That's so I'll funny. Go back. <laughs> I was like, is that a weed eater starting up somewhere? What is that? <laughs> that was my, <laughs> that was my dog. It was like, scratching. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> 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 this is what he does. This is his spot. I sit in the same spot on the couch and he sits right next to me. And he's and takes up the like, rest of the, ha- the couch. Yeah, he's typically cuddled up with me and he was just stretching out. (laughs) I'm going to start that over.